You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day, we study God's word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that he's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. You can learn about our service times. You can plan a visit. That would be awesome. Or you can download our Sound of Heaven mobile app. Uh, You can do that also wherever you get your apps on the Apple Store, in Google Play, and anywhere else. Does anybody use anything besides Apple and Android? I don't know. Anyway, I digress. If you are listening to this on anywhere where you can get podcasts, I was told today that I got to start calling it a podcast for me. It's just a Bible study with you and I, and and uh, we're getting through it. We're on day, I think this is 37. So if you're just joining us, welcome. If you've been with us the whole time, uh, it's been a fun journey, and we're going through John chapter 15. But if you are listening uh, on any platform for podcasts, give a like, give a share, subscribe, set your notifications so you don't miss anything. We're going to have some cool announcements soon. So we went through John chapter 14 yesterday, and uh, that is a powerful chapter where Jesus expresses that he is the way, the truth, and the life that no one gets to the Father except through him. If you remember, his disciples are concerned, they're distraught, they're discouraged, and he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And what were they troubled about? The fact that he was expressing to them that he must leave. We know that he is headed toward arrest, crucifixion, ultimately resurrection, and he goes to the Father. And when he reveals in chapter 14 is that he will not leave them as he puts it as orphans, but he will send an advocate. That advocate is the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit not only dwells with us, but dwells inside of us. And that is why we can move and operate in the authority and the power of God. So moving into chapter 15, Jesus starts teaching in a parable. And interestingly enough, in John, John doesn't record Jesus's parables as much as some of the other uh, disciples uh, did. But here is one that you may have heard. It's the parable of the vine and the branches and the vine dresser. And we're going to dive into this today. Not only are we going to do that, we're going to dig into the actual words here. And before I get started, I want to explain explain a couple things, okay? That the Bible was not written in English. I don't know if that is surprising to you, but it was not written in English. The original languages of the manuscripts, uh, if you look at the Old Testament, it was in Hebrew. Uh, If you look at the New Testament, uh, mainly the manuscripts were found in Koine Greek, okay? Uh, And were copied within uh, the that uh, in and around that first century very early documents maybe another day we can get into uh, all of that because the validity of the bible is astounding uh, but for the sake of our format and time i won't dive into that today but the reason why it's important to sometimes look at the greek not that you need to be a scholar in the greek language or the hebrew language but there are times where translations coming over are, for lack of better terms, I will say unfortunate. 
or inaccurate. And I'm not saying that this inaccuracy is in the Bible, but sometimes you look at a, a scripture and it really helps to find the original word in the original language and what that means. So a resource that I recommend is Blue Letter Bible. If you go to Google and just type in Blue Letter Bible, you could actually read the Bible there and then just click on a little thing called the Strong's Concordance. A concordance is basically takes all of the words word by word and you can actually find the original Greek word. So I wanted to set that up because we're going to do that today because in this particular set of verses, it is so, so important to look at the original language, or you can absolutely misunderstand what God is trying to tell us here. Okay. And lastly, uh, or next, I should say, uh, next, I, I want to just express why Jesus taught in parables. Okay. One, he was looking to relate to the crowds. A parable is uh, very similar to an analogy in the sense of uh, it was well, basically a story and it uses symbolism especially symbolism that the crowd would understand. So in this case, we're talking about a vineyard and crowds understood farming, vineyard, agriculture. Uh, if Jesus was walking today, he may do a parable with uh, with the stock market or I don't just name anything currently. And he might use those as examples because he would want to relate to us. This was also a fulfillment of prophecy. In Psalm 44, it talked about the Messiah using parables uh, and using wisdom from the foundation of the world. And Isaiah had also prophesied that people would not understand uh, some of what the Messiah was saying. We already know that to be true. We know that the religious leaders and some of the crowds, they just didn't get it. They would even see the miracles and not get it, but they would hear what Jesus said and not get it. So sometimes Jesus would speak in parables to kind of only relate to those who were leaning in and wanted to, right? Uh, and think of it as as using uh, an analogy, examples, words. Uh, you know, a lot of times we do this as well. We, right? We could say, "My fist is as hard as a rock," right? That's my fist is not a rock, but you get the symbolism here. Okay, and understand this too about parables. In all the parables, Jesus is teaching what it's like to live in the kingdom of God, right? And so far, we're talking about the gospel every day. We're talking about Jesus's life and Jesus's ministry. But eventually, I want to get into helping us to understand what it means to be part of the kingdom of God. And that has to do with the new covenant. So Jesus is using parables throughout the New Testament uh, or gospels to teach principles on how to live in this new covenant. So I hope that makes sense. I used up a good bit of time on that, but I wanted to lay the foundation. And now this study is going to, uh, it's going to knock your socks off. I'm just saying that right now. Okay. So starting with verse one, Jesus says, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him is he that is 
that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay. So remember the context there, uh, afraid of being disconnected from Jesus. And Jesus uses the example of a vine being connected to the branches. Now I want you to imagine a vineyard, right? The vineyard has vines and the vine is actually the, the plant that comes out of the ground and the branches are what come off of that vine. So think of the vine as the stem, I guess, and then the branches coming off that. And he's saying the branches bear fruit. Now he's comparing us to those things. He's comparing himself to the vine and he's comparing God to the vine dresser. And we'll get to the role of the vine dresser here in a second. But I want to point out something that for a long time I was, I'm just going to say it. It, It's a, it was a verse that terrified me because I was so afraid that I was not bearing fruit for God. Now I want to identify what bearing fruit means. To bear fruit means to have evidence of. So if you think of in other parts of scripture, it talks about the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, all of those things. And the Bible describes those things as fruit or evidence that you have Christ. So what Jesus is saying is that God wants you to bear fruit and any branch, follow this, in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So imagine a plant, if you pull up, if a plant has a a branch that is disconnected from it, what happens to that branch? That branch is cannot be connected, right? So I want to point out, it says every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now that term takes away used to scare the you know what out of me because I'm thinking to myself, if I don't have evidence in my life or if there's an area of my life where I am struggling, then God is going to take me away. Other versions say cuts off, which is even scarier, right? So where am I getting at with this? Does that really mean that God if you're not bearing fruit, if you are struggling in an area that God's going to cut you off, that God is going to take you away. No, this is an example of a very unfortunate translation from the Koine Greek to the English language. And I want to show you what it actually means. And I want to explain why this makes a lot of sense. Okay. So every branch that is in me, he takes away. Not a great translation of that. Takes away is actually the Greek word iro. Iro means to raise up, to elevate, to lift up. Hardly means cut off or take away, right? For whatever reason, the scribes used it in that manner. Why is this significant? So now we go, we know that God, right, the Father, is the vine dresser. The role of a vine dresser in a vineyard was what? To take care of the vineyard, to make sure that every plant had every opportunity to bear fruit. Think of think of it. If the if there is no harvest, the vine dresser is not a good vine dresser. Well, we know that God is more than good. Okay. So I want you to imagine a vine dresser, somebody who worked and took care of a whole vineyard. What that person would do would be walk down the um, rows and would look at the ground. Okay. And what, and he would, let me back up for a second. He would have a pail of water 
okay? And a pail of water, and he would walk up the rows, and he would look down at the ground at to see if there were any branches on the ground. Now, when he found a branch on the ground, what he would do, it would be in the mud. It would be in the muck, in the nastiness. He would pick that branch up, and first he would check to see if that branch was connected to the vine. If that branch was connected to the vine, what the vine dresser would do would be to clean that branch off and then lift it back up to a place where it could bear fruit. So I want to encourage you with this, okay? For those of us that are in Christ, I want to read it again. Now, with that in mind, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch that is in me connected to Jesus and does not bear fruit, struggles in an area, and that's all of us, he takes away and he lifts up. And he places into position to bear fruit. God wants you to have some amazing evidence of his love and his his power in your life. So what he's talking about here is the vine dresser, the loving God's, the provider uh, uh, commitment to, to picking you up off the ground, cleaning you up, and putting you in a place where you can have fruit and evidence of his glory in your life. This doesn't mean that God is going to throw you away. Okay. I hope that makes sense. You can reach out to me at soh.church if you have any other questions around that, but God's not looking to cancel you or cut you off. Okay. God loves you. Now we've already reached our 1%. And we're, we're uh, pretty much on verse two here. So I'm going to, I'm going to truck this along here. I know we've been going over a little bit, but we're having fun. We'll, we'll get you out of here soon and onto your remaining 99%. Okay. Verse three, uh, keep going here. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Understand the concept of pruning. When you prune a uh, a plant, you're doing so to strengthen it, to get some of the weaker stuff out of the way uh, so that it can grow stronger and grow more fruit. Pruning process for us can be painful right? Because we don't want to see things removed from our life. But sometimes even when we're doing well, things need to get pruned from our life. Why? So that we can be stronger. And that's the role of the vine dresser to look and say, hey, I know you're bearing fruit in this area. Let me snip off a couple things and make more room for you to be more prosperous. I hope that makes sense as well. And now he continues. He says, you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Very similar to when he was washing the feet. And he told Peter, I've already cleaned you. Okay, you're, you're good. And verse four says, abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides, abides in me and I in him is he that bears fruit much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. You could probably put this together. If a branch is not connected to the vine, it cannot live very long. Okay. If we are not connected to Christ, our life is limited. What? Limited to this life. Okay. Verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Okay, what is he talking about here? This word thrown away is the Greek word balo, which means to cast away without thought to where 
it lands, right? Why would that be the case? Is because the life is not in it. Remember, Jesus is the light, and that light was the life of men. There is no way to eternal life except through Jesus. So he's making the distinction here between the one that does abide in him, if you are connected to Jesus, and the eternal life and the eternal bearing of fruit that goes with that. And when you are not, obviously there are consequences to that. And in verse seven, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Okay. So he says, you are, you prove that you are God's by bearing fruit, that you are Jesus's disciples by bearing fruit. He also said, how? This is how people will know you, that you love one another. So our love for others is totally connected to the fruit and the evidence that we bear in our lives. Scripture tells us that without love, we've got nothing. Without love, we're just making noise here. We're just breathing air temporarily. Verse nine, as the father has loved me, so I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, the new commandment, right? Love one another. You will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Why? Because you are like a branch connected to the vine. The vine is your source of life and the great vine dresser, our God, is there to make sure that you can bear fruit and have evidence of his power and his glory in your life. I hope this makes sense. So let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. Today, we pray that you help us to bear fruit. Just ask God that. Say, God, help me bear fruit. Say, Jesus, I want to be connected to you. And since you are connected to Jesus, you are one that God is going to lift up. And even if you're in a place right now, God's just putting on my spirit. If you're in a place where you feel dirty, like you've been down in the, uh, on the ground, God is willing and promises and is faithful to elevate you, clean you off, elevate you to a place where you can bear fruit. So just to ask him, say, God, clean me up, lift me up, Lord. And I hope this message lifts you up today. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. My name is Pastor J.D. Ambrosio. I am with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York, studying with you on the 1% Christian. Check us out at soh.church, and we will continue John chapter 15 tomorrow. I love you guys.